Hemshechayim Beis, up to the 19th discourse, chapter Ayim Beis, chapter 72, the bottom of page Kufla Medal, discourse 19 is said on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, Tofreshayim Gimel, almost 100 years ago. And this mimer is Anila Dei which is not so common for a mimer of Rosh Hashanah. It's usually an Elul mimer. But nevertheless, that's what it is. And to sum up where we are. So, in, in, in uh, concrete terms, we've been explaining the five levels of Baruch Sha'amar, as they are in the five levels of the Makifim, of the transcendent energy. Remember, the point of departure here is He's been discussing the effect of transcendence of makif, of er makif, seviv, on our existence. The discussion began with, which of course followed the discussion of imminent energy, which is within existence. The discussion of tahiri law, the eagle hagadol, the great sphere, which is the energy that surrounds all of existence, makif kloli, before the tzimtzum, what remains before the, after the symptom, there's the, the surrounding sphere. Its impact was the impact on Messias Nefesh in the body. And our bodies are able to give themselves. The second makif is the makif akhali after the symptom. This is ak. Its impact is on the world, which is the whole world has a certain element of bitl, though it's concealed. It's revealed only in its life force. Pnimi Yisak, its effect on the souls, is an effect of uh, the bitl of Amuna, simple Amuna, the 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 bitl to the Balharotzen of Nasev and Ishma, Mesiris Nefesh of the soul. Right. Then comes level three, Keser Vatsilus. Now we're going into the specific desires, the specific transcendence of each world, Kesar Vatsilis, its impact is the Ruusa Deliba and Ava Musutara is the hidden love and the desire of the heart, which is a little closer, more revealed, but still a transcendent impact on souls. And that is and that and that's like an awakenings of Chuva, Hirhure Chuva and other impact that it has on our spiritual lives. All this is beyond the structure of what we have when we're alive and that we're breathing and that we are manifesting the divine energy within existence. So all these add an element of awakenings and reminders and the signposts, something that has come out of the system that's elevating the system. So that's the three. Before then he continued, before we get to Kesav, Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya, each one is also specific to each world. We go now until it goes into the discussion that these are the levels, as he began in chapter 69, the beginning of 69, what he said was that these are the levels that we say in Birchus Yetzer before Shema so we say the following one second let me get this right 69 right here so he says that these levels of these Ksarm this is what we say Birchus Yetzer Elkeil Barachamecha Rachamalein Adenu Zenu Tzur Mizgavenu Mogin Yeshenu Mizgiv Ba'adenu Says Adenu Zenu is Makif of Malchus of Atzilus. Shurmas Gavenu and others are the three Makifim of the worlds of Biyah. So he just, that's all he said. In order to explain this, he went back to the source, 
to how desire of the worlds begins in general, the evolution from ensef to existence. And explain that in the five levels of Baruch Sha'amah. Baruch Sha'am is in the simple and the Eirein Sof, in the, in the seamless and shapeless field of energy, a desire arises, a specific desire arises that connects it, some connection to existence. It's still beyond and distant and so on, but it's something rather than just Eirein Sof. That's Baruch Sha'amar Vahoya Eilam. One Amira. Then comes the level of Galiv Galifu, that that turns into Shir Atzmei that he actually envisions that which will come. The ten hidden spheres. That's Baruch Hu. So now we have a Hu. That that which is concealed should not be revealed. Because in that big, in the first step, nothing is even concealed. It comes from a state that doesn't even have any awareness of itself. He said even to himself it's not revealed. Meaning it's beyond awareness. It's beyond consciousness. Now you want it to become conscious of it. That's Baruch Hu. Yimam Shech. Everything Baruch is Amshach. Then comes Baruch Eimer Va'isa. That's Ak. That the Rats and Klali, the general desire that's after the Tzimtzum. That in turn becomes now, that's Bria the Klolos. Then comes Yitzira the Klolos. Baruch, Gezer, Mekayim. This defines and begins to define the first container. And then comes Baruch, Yitzirah, is Atzilus. Yitzirah the Klolos, the macrocosmic Asiyah. And that is the desire as it's connected to Eris uh, in Kalim. Energies and containers. And with that, he explained at the end of the last chapter, end of the last Mimer, this was all the summary of Mimer 18, Discourse 18, that he explained that this is the whole process of how it works, Rosh Hashanah, and every morning in a microcosm, how we awaken the desire, the Primis HaKavana, which is the purpose of it all, is the revelation. So the revelation, that is the deeper level that comes from the Atmos. That's the reason for it all, the inner kavana. But to awaken the Ratzon for Elamis, which is those five steps I just described, starting from Baruch Sha'amr Vahaya Elam, that requires, through our work, if on its own it would be asleep, the world. It would be minimal energy. Through our work, we arouse the deeper desire, so it becomes, we wake up from sleep, and it's a, lot, it's an, a, a dynamic world. A world that is, has the capacity to reveal within it. It's not just minimal energy. It's not just what we call like a coma state, a comatose state, where uh, it's surviving simply the vital organs are functioning, but everything else is a vegetable. So you have, that's a state where there is no Aveda. That's a world that is completely unconscious of its spirituality. I think this is a good way to describe it. So it exists, but it's unconscious, like being in a coma. The minimal, the minimal energy is there. And to, to awaken that, that comes from, the, from, from our work, the Kiyosh Shefer and so on, on every day when we acknowledge it through our efforts that we become the flame that 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 that, that flickers that flame that uh, illuminates a dark world basically that comes from a deeper level and that is uh, that today is the beginning doesn't mean the beginning of your creation it means the purpose of your creation and that is a reminder to a thing that needs reminder to re- rejuvenate, reinvigorate the energies of Yom Rishon, of that first desire that to create the worlds. 
Moda Ani would be. He doesn't say it here. Moda Ani is usually. Yeah, to Malchus, to Kabbalah's Malchus, Moda Ani, on a very basic level. Uh, it says that elsewhere. I'm just looking here. What does it say here? Every day. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Oh, by sleep, by night, where he says like this. Okay. The, the doors by night are closed in Ganeiden. And so I'll just kiss to the Chayusa. We just have, what we say, a shadow of life. Yeah. And. Uh, he doesn't say here how. He just. Uh, it's basically. It's the same idea that when we're aware, when we become. When we say Madani and we acknowledge, we become spiritually aware of our purpose, the world ceases to be a comatose state. On its own, say the Ishtalshlus. The energy diminishes, diminishes till there's darkness. So left on its own, the world is a dark place. That's what you find. Like you see. In the beginning it says, Then God says, So we have the minimal R. And we bring R, the real R, that, that elevates the world. So think of the world as a coma to state on its own, which is the fact. We have 7 billion people walking on this planet, and spiritually speaking, most are in a coma. They go through their functions, their priorities are completely material and self-oriented, with here and there a glimpse. The whole point of, obviously, is this elevating the universe existence to something beyond the comatose state. The question is, where do we stand? From 1 to 10, how much are we in a coma and how much awake are we? Before L'chaim and after L'chaim, you could add that in the questionnaire. Simchus not Simchus Then there's also two states. Now, you know that you're in a coma, or you don't know you're in a coma. That's also two madrigas. And that's not even Asiyah Ruchnis yet. Fine. <laughs> <coughs> we now resume, bottom of page, Kufla Medal, after the summary. Okay? I think that was why a... Okay, maybe Asiyah Ruchnis. We could argue that point. It's... Look... The fact that we live 99.9% of our lives materialistic and self-oriented, that's more or less a siru, gashmis and chumis. And we have an awakening or a sense. That's a sense of ruchnis. I mean, I call it a siru ruchnis. You could call it, like he says, it's hurhure tshuva, you can define it all the way to ak, or to keser vatsilis. I mean, if you really want to map it out... Yeah, well, as soon as you look up and you say there's more to life than me... You're already acknowledging. The question is how much of how much first of all how premiumistic it is, how much does it remain with you? Right. And how much does it remain within you? How much is hidden? But just for just for the record, what we experience, the coma state, is the tip of the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Not even that. And we think that is reality. We're all excited about it. It's very uplifting. So now we travel upward. The good news is, there's only one way to go. <laughs> no, it could always get worse. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but, but, but relatively. Okay, look. I'm saying when you're in the valley, it can go a little deeper. There's this, 
But, but really, there's a lot more to go up than to go down. That's what I would say. Agreed? Yeah. Okay. We have here a Bezdin, four people. Paskant. The Friedrich Rebbe summarizes this parak like this. The last one, he says, was the five makifim of Naran Chai. Nevashruch Neshama Chai Yechid. I should have added that. In the beginning, yes. In Mavteach, in the beginning. So there's a summary. He says, The level of Bas, the daughter, the, recep- the recipient. I should have added that those five levels in Baruch Shamar is also Naran Chai. Yechida Chaya, Nefesh Ruach Nesham, Nesham Ruach Nefesh. Yeah, and I want to say, yeah, the Friedrich Rebbe wrote those, 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 those. Uh, yeah, but Teichan Aschalas Amaimer. So it's a little. Sometimes it's the whole Maimer, sometimes it's the beginning of the Maimer. And you can study those, as usual. You can study that description as well. The sixth is not on the map, according to this right now. We'll see where the sixth is. The sixth is, it doesn't have to be told to us. You know, you need a map to get somewhere. Where you are, you don't need to be a map for that. <laughs> um, I will say the following. I wanted to add one thing. In the explanations of Baruch Shomar, I had mentioned there's two types of discourses. And a lot of the Havana and understanding, and I'm writing, up about, I'm writing up a little piece on this, of understanding the levels here are very clear in, this, in, the, in the other description where he talks about it starting from Ak. Everything starts from Ak. Baruch Shama in is Ak, and so on. Ak, actually, they all in our Natsilis. This is based on the Siddur Arizal, that Aradla, Rashid Layisyad, but it's, it's really beautiful explanations. The Mitla Rebbe has fascinating explanations how the unconscious moves into the conscious, how it's not aware of itself. I mean, a lot of what we talked about, he speaks very directly. How you, you know something's there, but you but you can't put your finger on it. He calls that who. That's when you say something who. He, he you know he gives examples, beautiful examples there of Martin Besesa. You know the, the one of the higher levels of Zuck is that when you give and you don't know who you're giving to, you don't know who's and and you and uh, right. So he says that's the level. He, he discusses that is somewhat like the level of Rashid Leisiada. You know there's something there, but you don't know who it is. That's who. So it's like somewhat like the unconscious type of. And he speaks about the examples of a metzia, chachma ma'ayin timotza metzia. You find something in the street, you know someone lost it, but you have no idea who. And even according to halachi, you don't even have to find the person. But but means that there's many things in life you know that something is there, but you don't know what it is. And then there's a state where you don't even know there's something there, and even it doesn't know it's there because. It's not a state of consciousness and awareness. I mean, it would be very fascinating. We learned the Shari Tshuva here. Learning those by Marim helped a lot understanding the levels here. And, and, um, and especially how it emerges from that state to the next state. It's very powerful stuff. Because it really also gives us a good example that God did want a bridge between the unconscious and the conscious. That's the bottom line. Like I keep saying about Etzem. That he wants, he wants our etzem to connect to, uh, to another. He doesn't just want you and I to be nice to each other. So that's where the analogy to Tzedakah goes away because the, 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 you gave a preferred level of... Uh, 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 this is not a preferred level. But nevertheless, but we're still connecting. And you're still connecting. It's true. Um, look, you, you don't need to know that you're giving me the Tzedakah for, the, for it to have its impact. Better for not you not to Right, right. In the other case, it's better to connect. Yeah, yeah, no, you need all, you need everything. The point of the matter is that we don't want, we're not Mustapak Bamut, we're not satisfied with the minimum, we want everything. 
So when the Alter Rebbe said, I don't want your Ganeid and your Elam Haber and so on, I want only Asmus, the Rebbe would add, and, and if you really, the whole picture is we want that, and then we want it back in Elam Haber and in Ganeid and in Giluim and all the way relating to us. That's the, the bottom line. All the way. Exactly. Exactly. And in, and in Kalim also. Yeah, and also the air still represents its source. It's just that it's identifying. It's like it's indulging you, and it's seer, so to speak. And then this kalim is is really the reality that we would call muvdal, zulas. I mean, all these examples, like a teacher before he starts teaching, there's the level where he starts preparing to speak to the student, to the child. Then there's actually the child, and there's the way it goes into the child. It's really, a, I mean, on the level of a model for education or a model of communication, it's how you bring something from a place that's completely beyond to be received by an outside entity, and that both can coexist. It's really what it comes down to. I mean, everything in life is really that. That negotiation. Huh? Every every relation, absolutely. Parent to child, husband to wife. The friends, God and us. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And that's where the relationships suffer most when there's an imbalance. Right? Either way. The key is to have like this. I always put it like this. Two complete circles. And then they come together and it's like that. Not like that. Like that. Like a, so there's a unity. But there's, there's still circles. But now they're stronger. Like a chain, actually. Say the Shtashos is like that. So you break the chain, you have two individuals. They eat each other up, you have one. You don't want one. You want harmony within diversity. That is the standard. And now we have to work on trying to get there and see where we stand compared to that. So now, Anila Dei Divide Dili, bottom of Kufla Madal, 134. Discourse 19. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. Who, uh, who graze, graze, grazes among the roses. The Isa B'Zayar says in Zayar, what is Sheshanim? Sheshanim Ba'alochus. Sheshanim, Sheshanim Ba'alochus. Sheshanim means Sheshanim, that they study. Sheshanim means from studying, from learning. Mishnah. Meaning they're repeating and they're relearning, relearning halachas, laws, laws of Torah. But Tzarek Lahavim, Mashaichin Shushan Shushanim Balachas Lanil Deidi. Lanil Deidi Deidi Li. Whether it's a metaphor or poetry, I am to my beloved as my beloved is to me. Haraya, who grazes among the roses, so it fits to love. But now the Zayar suddenly throws in that it's learning Torah, takes it away somewhat from the romantic element, so to speak. Or seemingly. So what's the connection? Tanila Daidi. Gamau inyin haraya bishashanim. And what's the zeroya? The 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 I said grazing, right? Zeroya is like a yeah. Pash mepashitzach. It's grazing. It's it's um like a raya is also the noun of raya is actually a pa, is a uh, is a shepherd. But raya here doesn't mean it means shepherding. It means it's. Must be another word than grazing. I 
think raising is the right word. Anyway, so what he's saying here, like this: What is what is this thing of Rebbe Shashanim? The Marashayich Rabbitzayim. The idea of, of grazing is related to tzayin, to sheep. What's the connection here? Harei b'sheshan, using such an expression. You know, you could say picking roses, walking among roses, uh, smelling the roses. What's the harei b'sheshan? To understand this, yes, we need to preface what we explained earlier. But hey, in the five levels from Baruch Shomar through Baruch Yisuf Bereishis, Shein Hey Makifim Naran Chai. They are the five Makifim, not Primim, the transcendent forces of Nefesh Ruch Neshama Chai Yechida. V'zeuim B'chinas Haratzin Pashut. What are the? This is the level of the Ratzin Pashut. That's the first desire, the seamless desire. V'ashara B'Kayach. That's level two. That you envision. He envisions, he estimates in his power, his ability. That's the first two levels. In the infinite light before the tzimtzum. And the three levels of Bria, Yitzira, Siya, macrocosmic, after the tzimtzum. These are the five makifim of Naran Chai. And the five levels that are Baruch Sha'amar, Baruch Hu, Baruch Eimer Va'isa. Baruch Gezer Mekayim and Baruch That's a summary of what we learned. So now in chapter 72 he continues. And now corresponding to these five levels in Baruch Sha'amar. This is now when we finish Pesukah de Zimra. After Yishtabach. After Oz Yosha and Yishtabach. Then comes Bichus Yetzer. And now we also say, so corresponding to these first type five, we have now these five. What are they? So now he says five levels, and he's now going back to what he discussed in the beginning of chapter 69, where he the whole discussion from 69 here till 72 was about Baruch Shammah. And now he's going back that this connected these corresponding to these are these five. And now he explains. So what are the five? Um, well, yeah. So he explained the five. There he said it was four. there he talked about four, but clearly there's five levels there. There he said that Adainu Zainu, Tsurmizgavenu, Mogin Yushenu, Mizgav, and they're all Makif. Adain, Tsur, Mogin, Mizgav. That these were the makifim of Atzilus, Machz Atzilus, and then Bri Yitzir and Asiya. Clearly, we also have the fifth one, the first one, which is going to be uh, corresponding to us. So let's see how he explains it. Peter Shalikayelam, Humisha Amar Vahayayelam. There you go. The first step is we say we start Elam, the God of the world. That's the level of Baruch Shamar, Misha Amar Vahayayelam. The one who says, and there'll be a world. What is that? Bchinis atzma saying so. Bal harotzu shalamal bchinis rotz. Actually, it's a lot, have a lot higher than Baruch Shama. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's 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 explain. But it's going to go there. So this is referring to we say elakay elam. You're referring to the source, the source itself. This is the level. He says, Amisha Amar v'haya elam. The one who's the who is speaking? Baruch Shammar. You say Baruch Shammar. Who's the speaker? 
Who is Omar? So that's the level he says in his Atzmah saying, Bal HaRotzen, Shalman Abchin Srotzen. Baruch Shomer Vahayelam is already a Rotzen. But who is the Omar? And he goes further. This level is even higher than Eir. Even higher than the field of energy. If you remember we spoke about, he spoke that Eir is, doesn't even have any name or shape and form at all. No definition. Not a Mohus. said this in 69 and earlier, obviously. The words they were used was, it's not an Indian Prati. Whereas Rotson is already an Indian Prati. Rotson means Rotson. So now he continues, explains this. Dinim Avur B'mokamachar, because it explains elsewhere, the Atzmus, Einonu Yechelim L'chaneiz B'shem Shum Shem B'shem Shem V'Kinui. Chaz V'Shalom. Explains this, with the Atzmus you cannot describe with any name or any description. Kinu can be description. Kinu sometimes means, Shema um, Kinu means like almost a nickname. But that's what he's saying here. Here means there's no name or description, God forbid. Kikol Shem Hutayar Dover. Ma. Because every name is a a description. Restrictive. Tayar Dover Ma. It's describing, depicting something. That describes and identifies the thing that's called with that name. So as soon as you say something is this, you're immediately saying it's not that. That's what a name is. Now the truth is, he says, Earlier, if you remember, he discussed this also, but he discussed it in Oyer. He said that Oyer... You can't call any name. And when you call it a name, that's already his pastor said. Not Etzimer, and that's Rotson. So if you're giving a name, it's already a name, but it's a Rotson. It's also all Gili HaEtzim. Here he's referring to Atmos. See, here is, I would say, one of the only, not the only, there's a few places he spoke about Atmos. He spoke about Atmos earlier on. But, he, but here it's clearly he's speaking about Atmos that's higher than Oyer. If you want to know, is this really Atmos that we talk about Atmos, Atmos? I mean, it depends how you understand Atmos. But for practical purposes, now he's talking about Atmos that's higher than Eir. So since you're describing something and giving it, describing something called that by that name, so you have to say that Matur, the thing that's being described, the object that's being described, in some way, it's an identity, it's an existence on its own. Not, I'm not suggesting, he's not saying that it's our existence that is, feels independent of God. But it means it's a Mitzvah Dover Ba'atzme. It has some type of identity within itself. Which, it's, it's possible, more than possible, that's, that, that's why it has the, the, you can grasp it, and it has some categorization in some particular fashion. So we say, for example, that God is infinite. Reason, reason that's not a good. You can't say God is infinite because infinite is a name. What means a name? You could say infinite is a name that's endless. No, but it's infinite, not finite. So that's already a description. The reason that because it has some type of identity. 
That's why you can describe it. But but with Natsmus, all this is not possible. And also the name Moir, which means the luminary, the source of light, you could also is also not Shaykh. Also not possible to attribute to Atmos. The Shay Moir Moirisha Because Moir, yes, it's higher than Moir, it's the source of Moir. But as soon as you say Moir, it's saying Moir Moir, it shows it uh, it it it, uh, it refers it it indicates Sha'atsum Bhinasair Batsum it's you say. We say something is is, is a moir. You're saying that etzim, that moir, is fundamentally etzim. It's used in it's etzim. It's it's air, the source of air. Rakshayna air begili. The only thing is, it's not revealed light. It's not air that's coming out in a revealed way. which is only a reflection. Rather, it's a level of etzim, but it's a moir. But its fundamental nature is air. You say the sun is a ma'ir. Ma'ir is hagdelen. A luminary. The sun and the moon, two luminaries. So yes, it's far superior to the light that comes out of the sun, which is just a reflection. The sun we know is all-powerful in the sense, all the energy that it has, the, the immense heat, the immense energy, and so on and so forth. But, it's, but it has an identity. A sun is not a moon. A sun is not an earth. A sun is not a table. What's identity? Ma'ir. Its identity is that it's a source of light. Someone said, does it have more things in it? Yes, it has more things. But everything can be described. Even if we don't know all the elements of its personality, it still has personality. And Natsmus, you cannot say such a thing. Even though, call it divine energy, or whatever that comes out of Atmos is transmitted from it, from him, Ein ha'atzmus b'chinus Nevertheless, Atmos is not in the state of a moir. Like it says elsewhere, maybe he's going to say it here. The loyze ikir, it's not the primary role. First of all, it's not b'chlal. You can't describe Atmos as moir. He has, has the power also to transmit energy. But not like the sun, that doesn't have anything else. Atmos cannot be described as, as if like he's more light than he is darkness. Or he's more light than he is a stone. All that can be attributed to him. And that's why the example of light of the sun from the sun is not yet a complete, perfectly aligned example for Eirein Sof. As he discussed earlier. Earlier he discussed the reason was because the Shemesh is Mukhrach. But, but Mukhrach means because that's what its identity is. So in a sense it's it's, it's defined by it's giving light. It doesn't give life. It's not functioning what it's supposed to be doing. That now he's going to say because you can because the shemesh is called a moir. That shemesh because the sun is a, is a luminary and that's its entire mohus. That's its entire personality. And atzmus you cannot define as being a, a, a luminary. So the similarity to the example of the sun is how the light doesn't affect the source, how the light is only a reflection, how the light is just revealing and nothing else of the source. Okay, I'm just... Uh, my, my point I want to make is that when we use these examples, 
I think people make this mistake. I've seen this. They say oir, oir and sof. So we think we know what light is, and now we, it's not correct. Oir and sof is just a word. Oir can be defined as light energy. When we use sun or we use the soul's energy or other energy, we're just trying to understand the properties of how God transmits. If you really really say oir, I would say the most perf- perfect translation of oir would really be transmission. That's why the Mukabalim used oir, and the, he said the the, the Chokim used shefa. It's correct, but the content of it. No, that, that's why it says. But why, that's why I asked. Why do we use air? Because air and captures the essence of the transmission. It doesn't affect the source. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transmission is usually something. Transmission is usually the interface takes energy here and transmits it. I did say that emission. emission. Right. A divine emission would be the real the, the real description. Correct. We had the, remember we had the whole thing of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, yeah, emitting. The thing is, once you get out of Atzimus, then you can use transmission, because every level transmits to the next level, and it makes more sense when you say, let's say, Atzilus is more transmitter than an emitter. Yeah, yeah. This is, this talks, how many hours we've discussed this here? Yes, we are, and we're not. The answer is yes or no. Because you can't be talking about other, there's no other entities. It's it's elokus as a manifest. In, it's like saying we give names to God based on his activities, as his actions. When he's going to war, he's called svakis. When he's giving chesed, it's kale. When he's the uh, din, is elokim. So elokim, yes, is referring to. It's referring. To, there's only one God. The question is, can you define God by elokim? No. You could say God manifests in a form of elokim, and he, or tell him elokim. You have to always, when you sing, the key thing to know is everything is ultimately Atmos in there. The question is, is this identification of Atmos, or is it a manifestation of Atmos, or is it a creation of Atmos? That's the thing. Atmos is within everything. So you could say Atmos is within here, but this is not Atmos. Remember we said, Tof is Bay. Let's mind the Tof. Nothing can grasp it. It grasps everything. So if you're talking from Atmos perspective, everything is in there. But you cannot call Atmos a Moyer. That would be incorrect. You could say air comes from. Remember, you're talking atzmus. You have to the one thing you have to keep in mind all the time. We're not even talking about lifnei Simpson. Simply identities, names, anything we use as grasp, anything that we feel comfortable to describing things doesn't belong there. That's why it's impossible to talk about. The only thing you could say it doesn't have any of that. And you know that even that that's what it says shlilas. What does it say in samachvov? Shlilas achiyu v'shlilas ashlilas. Shlilas kolatem v'shlilas shlilas. Shlilas ashlilas. You can't, even when I just said now that God is not light, God is not a luminary, and God is not a name, even that is not enough. Because that's also a description. So to say that he is and he's not is equal to him. That's something we could not fathom. That's impossible to understand. Understand for sure not. You can relate, you can relate to it when you come to the peace, with peace that paradox is not a problem. When you come to that peace, that the structures of existence are simply just structures. And that, yeah, and that logic, that logic is a creation. You know, the, the God created such a beautiful world that logic thinks that, that there's nothing else besides logic. It thinks everything has to make sense. We're trapped in that reality. Now, the, 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 the odd thing is that it's true too, because Toyota does make sense, and God wanted logic to work. Because it works. Correct. But to define exist, define reality by logic, and say this is it. 
Exactly. My point is when you when you when you work it through well, you come to a point of understanding. It requires bitl because, as I said, the scientists scientists can't you can't expect them to go beyond. What do you want them to do beyond logic? If they go in the world of faith, then they're not that's not practicing science. The truth is, we believe that rational meets super rational, and and they, and and they and they both inform each other. But if you want to use the tools of existence, you're only going to go to the tools. That's the whole point why transcendence is such a key element. Take away makifim and only have primi, you're going to hit a ceiling. You're going to hit the ceiling of existence. That's going to tell you, yes, there's a God in here. God put it all. But you'll never come to a connection to anything outside of your reality. No matter You, you may be a perfect human being, but it's going to be a perfect human being. Nothing divine. Called Kedusha. You bring Kedusha into the world. V'shachanti b'seichom. Shachanti, b'seichom. So the, the v'shachanti part will not happen. It will only happen on a level that's measured to our existence. Anyway, so that now we're saying like it's now the moshel of v'shamish. Olchena moshel is not mechuvan adayin. It's interesting he says adayin. Why? But no, because he's saying adayin because in explaining shemesh, shemesh is a part of the step to understanding it. It's not that it's not a dying that if you understand the sun better, you're going to understand that this is true. It means that in understanding the concept of air, the sun is not enough. And you need to have other mishalim and you need more, etc. You need to extrapolate. Okay. And what we describe, when we do describe God, as a moir, is because we have no other name. So when we speak about air, we say, who's the source of the air? It's Atmos. But that's simply because we have no other name. Not because we're trying to confine Atmos in a box called moir. It's we have no other name. So you say, air, moir. Like, you know, seichel, mashpia, ha-seichel. Avobemes ene shayabayiz baruch Hashem moir. It's a very, uh, define explaining. This is like Chassidus Chabad at its best, explaining a level, you know. But the truth, you not really cannot really call. It's not you can't. It's not possible to relate Moira to God. Like it says elsewhere at length. I'm just pointing out that sometimes it doesn't say Erech. When it says Be'erech, it means at length. No, 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 it doesn't mean that. Because this is a topic that is discussed in other Maimorim at length, and that's what he's referring to. Okay, so now we said that. What is qualified that Yeah, and what we are capable of in describing Atmos. Hurak b'shem is only with the name Creator. Obviously, this is also not a sufficient name. He's just climbing the ladder here. Because yeah. Beda doesn't tell you anything about the entity. It just tells you he creates. It doesn't tell you he's a light. It doesn't say it's not, you know. But that's also So obviously, that's also not a final description. But let's... It's, 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 See, Moir is a Kinu Vitaya. Kinu means uh, kinui is a 
What's the difference between kinui and toyah? Let's see. When you say shame, you say the four shames, you say shame ha'etzem, shame ha'toyar, shame ha'pu'ula, and then you have shame ha'kinui and shame ha'mushal. These are the different levels. Shame ha'kinui, toyar is usually a more descriptive thing of the identity of something. Kinui is a little removed from that. Kinui is almost like a description of its function. Ha'pu'ula is function. No, 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 no. There's different things. I'll give you an example for sure. You can say, for example, sun. The word sun doesn't tell you much. Just the word sun. You say luminary, or you say the sun is a source of light. You're already talking its function. It's, it, yeah, we're all talking about it, different levels of name. Later, we, later in the memorandum, he talks about, for example, Hashem Hapuula. He spoke about chacham. Example: When you say someone's a chacham. So it doesn't mean he's giving off chachm right now. It means he's always a chachm. It's actually a concealed state. Even when he's not behaving like a chachm, he's a chachm. It's like stating this person has the personality of wisdom. Or this person is a bal chesed. A loving person. Then there's the act of chesed. Pu'ulus chesed. Anyway, relevant to here, I'm just distinguishing kinu v'tayar. It's two different ways. It's two different. One is kinui mechana, kinui. Trying to find an example of how you'd say the difference in two things. You'd say kinui. Okay. Bottom line is the This name is not a descriptive name. It's not describing God. with any particular definition. Like Moir. If you say Moir, it's a description. Moir has a meaning. It's describing an activity. It's describing a, even describing a faculty. A faculty. An attribute called Moir. Similarly. When you say creator, Moir, on the contrary, it actually shows that it's referring to God as a Kadman Hamiti, the true first cause. The, the true pr- primal force, meaning Kadman, meaning, I say Kadman, that he has no beginning. Primeval? Primeval? Primordial? Yeah, it's more than primordial. It means, yeah, the primary, the first Kadman. Kadman usually refers to something that is the first and nothing before it. Ain't the fun of. Like, what is Lashon? Um, it's a little more, the Kadman is not as high as that, I think. There was, but there's a passage that says, uh, Zambam brings it, he says that he's Kodim, the Ein Tovashe He's the first and nothing comes before him. Anyway, so, so when you say that Beda, Adrabe, Beda is not referring, not only is it not referring with a title, ah, that's what I wanted, Kinu is maybe like a title, the Torah is a description. You can say Kinu is a title. In a certain way, or they're descriptive. descriptive. However you, I mean, in names is different levels. Even in even in, in uh, descriptions and product descriptions, you'll find they'll find that the product description will just give you its name, and it's short, and then I'll talk talk about details of it, like its specs. I mean, these are all descriptions. Each one is doing a different as element of description describing. So anyway, Boyer refers to Kadman Miti. Because what when say something is a creator, what makes it a creator? Is because it is before it can be created. Is because it's the first cause. 
That's why he has the potential, the power to create from nothing, not something from nothing. And it also describes that he is now he's going very high level now. That he's an existence, a non-existential type of existence. This was referred to earlier in chapter... I just want to just... He did mention Bitsiyas built in Bitsiyas Nimtza. Yeah, right here. End of chapter uh, 49. I just want to say this just for the record. Um, when we talk about Atmos, there's generally three descriptions given. Atmos. One is built in Bitsiyas Nimtza that he's saying here. Another is Bitsiyas Nimtza. And another is Mechuyiv uh, HaMetsiyas. The Rebbe writes to Weinberg, Rabbi Weinberg, who is explaining the Tanya, that these are not the three general descriptions of defining Atmos, so-called uniqueness, if you wish, but they're three different things. Not, not here's the place to go into them, but basically just the defining. Mitzis built in Mitzis Nimtza means it's simply translated would be a non-existential type of existence. More literally, Mitzis, existence, but it doesn't exist in what we would call existence. We define existence, for example, something occupies time and space. Okay. Now that something occupies uh, some definition. You know, we, existence for us has, there are rules for, of existence. There are criteria. So you could say God, you, could, you can't say God doesn't exist, but you can't say exists either. Because existence would mean exists like we understand with that criteria. So you really could say is, he does not not exist. That's really the best way to put it. That's Mitzvah. Then Mechuyiv HaMetzias means that he must be. Mechuyiv. He's the only thing that must be. Everything else needs a reason. In other words, you look at a tree in the forest, you don't look and say, oh, this tree had to exist. It exists, so it has a role to play. Mechuyiv HaMetzias means God does not need a reason to be put there or justify or a need, etc., etc., but another way the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe, puts it in Tzadik Dal, Hamshel Tzadik Dal, he says, everything in the material world exists, and then you know it exists. Atzimus exists, and, and, and in other words, first you observe it, and first you, you wouldn't know it exists unless you observed it, or some way someone proved it to you. God is not that way. God first exists, and then he manifests. So for us, manifestation comes first. First our recognition of something exists comes first, and then we explain it. We don't sit and say, you know what? There must be a tree out there. And then you go start looking and saying, is it there or is it not there? Because there's no musts. Nothing in existence dictates that I have to be. Even human beings who may be completely selfish and self-absorbed, no one's going to say, I have to exist. Once I'm here, I'm going to make myself my presence felt and I'll make, make sure everybody feels I'm indispensable. But everyone is intelligent enough. I have to exist? Hey, you know, you weren't born. The world will continue on. And we see this all the time. On the, the Harazesim, they say there's a grave that says, Pa Nitman. Here is buried someone who thought he was indispensable. You know, thought the world cannot exist without him. So it's a reminder. The truth is, every grave, every tombstone is a reminder of that. Now, what they, they live on in our hearts and souls, if they did something with their lives, that's beyond themselves. That's the point. But the thing that you, as you are, your defined Dalad Amis, must exist is simply not correct. Mechuyiv HaMetzis means it must exist. And the third thing is, yet, yet is Metzusim um, That's expression in Tanya, in Agar Sakedish. So though these three things are interdependent, Metzusim means that Metzis comes from within himself. 
So it's connected to Mukhuiv Amitsiyas. That's the reason he's Mukhuiv Amitsiyas. But you're already referring to something that is, has no cause. Something that his reality comes from, his, because he's real, that's why he exists. It's real, re, true reality. So there's a relationship between that and the other two, but I just need to find it because we may use these, these words are going to pop up. So I just wanted to... So now he's saying that Boyda, not only is not a descriptive thing, it actually tells us that, the, that it teaches us something. When you say God's a creator, why am I not a creator? Because I'm not a Kadman. I have parents. My parents have parents. Beta refers to something that is a creator. That means he has the ability to create. Kadman Amiti. And that he's an existence that it's not an existential existence. The Rebbe Rashab once said, we don't usually publicize it, but now we can publicize everything. He once said, that atheists that say God doesn't exist are one step closer to the truth than believers who say it does exist for the reason I just mentioned. No, at least they're touching, at least they're, because when you, which if you really take it to the furthest level, it's a pretty strong critique on the whole religious world's perception of God. It's a God like me, except he's bigger than me, which really means, yeah. The ultimate bitl v'mitziyas, when you're ready to give your whole life to God on your comfort zones and your habits and your money and bring God with you into your bank account, not just till the bank doors, then we're talking business. Before that, then God is, uh, is just more of you. That's really what it comes down to. We have True, exactly right. Remember, existence can never be mavatl itself completely. Because it goes against the cardinal rule of survival, of survival of the species. So it can only come if it realizes that it's not that this reality is not real. That's not true of mutual assured destruction. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, see, you feel more comfortable in a chapter like this, right? Because this is in the sprach was mivest atzmos. The problem. I know you have a problem as soon as we leave atzmos. The problem will start. That's what the new Rashad says about the atheists. Yeah. Interessant to what, right? Asmus is in you, but you're not Asmus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or even still, you're part of Asmus. What you can become. You the point is that you want that the, 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 that, that's true from the second creation happened. But then there's a whole purpose of this. That's why you said in the last chapter, then we're like in a coma state. If you if you the bare minimum what God created is a coma. Who wants to be in a coma? A vegetable in a in a, in a bed. That's a state of without a veil. That's like God will renew existence that way, but it's it's a minimum amount of energy just to keep it going. But we're asleep or we're in a coma. The point is our awareness of it. That's the key element here. Integration of it all. Look, it's, as I said, it's not that easy to understand. Once you start climbing, let's say you become aware, and you start acclimating yourself, and your kalim become more expanded and more refined. You're able to receive more. How you actually return to lifnet symptom and able to absorb that, that's, we spoke about this all the time, that's, that's going to come as we do it. It's not something you can fully understand. I think it's like someone explaining... You know, go, someone who's been married for 40 years is going to explain to someone who just got married what, what it's like after 40 years. I'm talking about a beautiful marriage. Not the negative parts. You can't explain certain things like that. There's certain things that just come with the turf, come with experience. As, as you grow and you do what you have to do, you've come to relate more and more to Atmos. Remember, 
that there's an atmos in there. So it's going to come, it's going to emerge. I remember, remember we spoke about the Shah Hamishim. You count 49, the 50th emerge. You can't get the 50, there's no way. God is not going to give you the 50th, and even if he did, it wouldn't help. And above all, you wouldn't be able to do anything with it. It would be not yours. It would be like, like you know, it's not possible. It's like taking a child and giving them an experience of an adult. It doesn't work that way. Our systems work, have to absorb. That's how we work. The earth absorbs water, raindrops, raindrop by raindrop. It starts pouring down like a flood. It'll destroy the land. I mean, there are many examples of this. It's, we have to respect the structure. There's no way around that. Miracles happen. You always learn chassidus. A miracle is an, is an aberration. It has to be malubish ultimately. It could help you for a while. You can have an inspiration, an awakening. You know, things, leila, grace, whatever. Because this is not incidental. It's not just because we're being, you know, like uh, patronizing. Oh, the little child, okay, absorb. No, because that's how the system becomes um, acclimated and refined to, to absorb godliness and, and climb. And we could climb. And then the, the Mashiach comes, we will have an Atmos experience. Anyway, so to continue on, Bitsi is built to Bitsi in some commotion is bar lil pedic samachtas, like we discussed earlier, chapter 69, Bisham Nagaris Akadesh. In the name of the Geras Akadesh. Let's see what he said in Samachtas, name of the Geras Akadesh. The end of it, where he speaks about that it all comes with a shus, that only he could create. Right. So as we said there, b'shem I guess the keich esavasu ba'atzmus dafke that the power to create to some, bring something into being is only an atzmus specifically an shum the mitzusim atzmuse. Here's the next expression because he's an existence that comes from within his own essence. Al came b'keichi v'cholti l'havis yeshmaim. That's why his power to create something from nothing. Now this alone, we could spend years, if not lifetimes, explaining. So I'll just say briefly, you know, what is, why is this the case? So there are a few different explanations given. One is simply put, a yesh, that's not mitzvusim atzmusei, that you, if you have a source, how could you create something from nothing? You can do is create yesh mi yesh. Simply put, you can take a, a raw piece of material, gold, clay, shape it into the most beautiful uh, vessel. You can take paint and make the most beautiful painting. You can take words and ideas and write the most eloquent book. But you can't create something from literally from nothing. Now to say a book is not... Is, 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 right. why, why can't you? Why can't we create something new? Because we ourselves are part of the world, part of this entity. You can't do something that, that, is, that is outside of it. But something is not a yesh and not an ayin means it's not defined by anything because it's it defines itself so it can do it can do things that are completely not like itself why does the two tie together? I just explained because a yesh basically a system can only create an extension of its own system and only God is not a system so therefore you can create something that's not completely not yeah but unlimited meaning you have to define what unlimited means. For example, air could also be unlimited, but it can't create something that's not air. Right. So if we're talking about chewing. Well, he's not calling it ain't sefamit. He's talking about tziusim atzmusei. 
and Mitzvah built the Mitzvah system. In other words, something that's not bound to the rules of existence as we know it. That's really the, the general term for it. Specifically, the things he used here is Kadmin. He actually, uh, that it's the first cause. I wouldn't say three levels. He just used three descriptions. He said, one is that it's Kadmin, that, that is the Kadmin Amiti. The true first cause. Then he said, uh, it doesn't exist like we exist. And then he said, In Tanya, if you look back in, at the end of 69, that he cites in Tanya, he says like this. Only he can create something yesh ma'ayin. And he explains, what means yesh ma'ayin? A yesh that feels a yesh, an existence that feels it has no source, how could it be created by something that has a source? So he says that comes, hulavadi comes from something that has no source also. The closest we have to it actually is our selfish sense that we have no source. That is actually a, a, comes from Atmos itself. The difference, the here is whether we're going to understand the, the purpose of it. The fact that we feel we're self-contained entities is itself comes from a, that's an Atmos that comes. The root of that is Atmos. If we were created by a Malach, we're created. If we were put into place by something that has a source, how could it give us a sensation that we have no source? It wouldn't. It, it's impossible. You can't give something. Something that you don't have. You give your children, your children are as yeshmayin as it gets. It's a miracle. You know, a child is born. But, whether we understand it or not, it did come from your genes. Through a seed, through an egg. It has personality. In other words, again, I don't say that makes it less of a miracle. But you have not given the child something you don't have. You've given the child a life that was given to you. If you were not born to your parents, you couldn't suddenly come. For example, you can't just go into a laboratory and just create a child. It's not possible. That's personality-wise, but I'm talking about. But first of all, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's, there's things called latent genes, and then there's generational, and so on. Another thing, there's a combination. But mother and father bring it together, you can create something that's very different. But again, it's within the realm. Listen, seven billion people, billions, billions and billions of people have lived in Empire of and Shabbos. I'm not saying that they, but it's still a face. You're not going to create a malach. You're not going to create a spiritual entity. You're not going to create uh, a, a son. I'm just, I mean, a son as an S-U-N. That's not going to come out of it. A, a parent. They're going to create a life, a child. That's my point. There's a, there's a definition to what they create. To create something completely outside of you has to be because you are not limited by any definition yourself. That's why saying Boyda is describing something that's beyond just a description. Because Boyda, the fact that he can be a Boyda tells you that he's not like a Moir and so on. It's still a limited that he's going to say, but Boyda is a far greater title than Moir. Because Boyda means that he doesn't have a title. That's what it means. That's why he can create titles, so to speak. Boyda? And what? They, they, they do use it. No, it depends. It's not correct. No, no, this is not a chiddush. The Alter Rebbe says this about also. And Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe for sure says Moir is not a title. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but it also, this is, this, I have to look up. This This is said, this is definitely an Alter Rebbe's Memorem. I don't know that, the length, Ariches. Okay. So anyway, so we have like this. So we have Kadmon. And not only Kadmon, but... Absolute start, but in existence, there's no. 
cathode, his own an unknown existence from himself gives him the ability to create. Well, he's uh, right now he's using the Gersa Kodesh saying, what he quoted earlier, that you know I think I skipped the line. No, it's, it's a one. Let me just go back a second. What did we say? Yeah, no, no, I didn't skip a line. I didn't, I didn't get there. We learned earlier, chapter 69, name of the Gersakeidish, that the power of bringing something into being, Hisavus, creating something, is specifically in Asmus, because his Mitzvah is Mitzvah from his essence. That's why it's in his power and his ability to create Yashmayan. So we see now Bayra, the Indian of Bria, Vesavos. Bria, creation, and bring into being. Moira al Kadmusi is Barak Shemetsusimatsmuse. It shows, it indicates on the primal, the, the original Kadmusi is Barak, the non source element of Yusbarak, that his existence is from within himself. So now he's connecting them all. And after and because his mitzvah comes from within himself, that's why his mitzvah is a form of non-existential existence. He's not I don't know what you mean by that. I just said that you could the way you could say it, he does not not exist. So means he does not exist. I just described what means we have criteria what we define existence, and God is not that type of. And how do we know this? He's going here through a process of a logical process here. Boira tells you he creates means it shows you that he has the power to create. How does he have the power to create something new? It's because he is doesn't have a creator himself. He's a source, not a product. He's a producer, and that tells you that he is a codman. He has no source. And that tells you that because that's his source comes from within himself. It's going through like three steps. And that shows us that such an existence, that existence comes from within himself, can't be an existence like our existence. So all Baida took us all the way through that process. Because the fact that he creates something shows you that that's what he has to have. It's similar to what I said earlier. You can't see Atmos, but you can see from his productions things that tell you that what... what, what what he's not like, and ultimately what he is like, or what he's like and what he's not like, however you want to put it. You see it from the product, even though you, you can't see it directly, you see it from the product. Now, of course, you could ask, why can't you say the world created itself, which some people argue. The, the main reason is because of something can't create itself. Because it's, as I said, it's bound by its own parameters. How could it only create itself? I can, I can give children, but I didn't create myself, so it brought me to here. So how far back you go, the first parent, where did it come from? Nothing can create itself. So of course, the big wise Alex, smart Alex say, so then who created God? That's their first question. That's why he's saying what he's saying. The fact that you have to say something, put it in place, you have to say that thing is not like us. Because if it's like us, you're right, exactly correct. Who created him? Then you just, what you did was with the chelem, okay, the last car pushes the first car, and this is who pushed the last car. But that's the problem. We're thinking in terms on our terms. So you have to conclude that something put it here that's not like us. So that's what he says. A bird, it's a kadman. Means it, it's, it's its first cause. There's no cause of it. Which in t- deeper means it comes... So, what, so well then what is its cause? Atzmusay. First existence. 
Yeah, it was case sometimes they had primal cause, the first existence. Kind of the meaning, causeless, no cause. That teaches us something deeper. So then what causes it? Answers, it causes itself. It's reality. Reality dictates that it should be. Like he says in the Nebrasha, Faran Kite. That it is. It, when you say is, the real is, is that type of reality. Not it is that is uh, negligible and possible that we shouldn't exist. Basically, the Rebbe Friedrich Rebbe explains it like this. That if something, like I said before, you cannot say something must exist. If it didn't exist, it wouldn't change anything. Once it's here, it's here. Being that it doesn't have to exist, so even when it exists, you can't call it real Faranakite. I, you know, I, whereas Atmos, because he must have... Like a Mayan, yeah, the Mayan Chaim. That's the, that's the, the Raya. Yeah, can't call Mayan Chaim, yeah. So, then comes deeper, since he's an existence that comes from within himself. That leads us to say that he's an existence that's entirely different than the way we exist. So all this Beira showed us these three steps. That's how I would put it. Okay? It's, it's three understandings of Atmos that are truly... Atmos and nothing else but Atmos has these three elements. You have to say that his existence is not like ours because then, again, you can ask the question then who in by, in by this, he said, in Dava, he says Atmos, then Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one explanation for sure. There's others too. Look, there's a whole explanation before you get to Atmos is even first just demonstrating that existence cannot have been put here by itself. Because however you twist it, the first spark, the first ball of gas. What, what? So so the, the scientists will say, you know what, what's wrong if that was here forever? But the word forever is a very strange word. Is it really forever or just that you have no other words? You're saying as far back as I can go. They say 10 billion, whatever it is, because they want to try to push it back as far as possible. No, it's fine to do with... 10 billion is only after the spark. We're talking about... Right. The spark, the spark. Yeah, they, they, by them it's the first big bang. They will say that, that there were some, some forces, maybe just a few gases, yeah. and they began this, and they began this, and created a series of motions, and now here we are. Yeah, but that's not, the, like I said, the, the, the pushing of the flash train. It's like, who's, who, where, who, the elephant is standing on whom? That's the question. Um, look, we're not getting now whether this is a matter of faith or logic, but bottom line is that existence definitely, if you think about it without any personal agendas of, you know, that makes me responsible or not responsible, existence pretty much testifies to a, a creator. No different than a book testifies to an author and an art. I mean, it's just to, to the organization. No one would ever in their lives say that something beautiful was put there by itself. So why they say it, why they say it, I, I believe his main reason is because I have no problem saying there's an artist, but to say there's a God means that he put me here and that means I'm responsible to him. And that's what people have a problem with. Fine, but that's another discussion. But fine, that's... that's a, then the question would be, why would he do that? What's the purpose? If he didn't have to create it, why would he create it and just let it go? Does he have a purpose? Basically, once you have a God, everything follows. Then there's design. You can't prove a Teira, but you could say they must have communicated that design to that purpose. But that, let's not go there. Right now, the point is, now obviously a person could action Zich and say, I don't accept that something that put it here. Fine. That's their... This, this, this is going with a... You talk about, as I said, no person on earth would ever say a book was written by itself. It's just not. To, why? Why? Why can't you say a few balls of b- b- gases came together and did it? 
because it's too organized. It doesn't make sense. It's too, lo- it's too, it's too systematic. The vastness, the awesomeness. Yeah. Us, not to show us also that there are different existences than ours. Yeah, and also the yeah, yeah, another way. Yeah. Okay. The cholus means the ability to do anything. Yeah. He says in Tanya, he says the kshash bekeichavi the end of chapter 69, he used the word Yecholos. It means, yes, it, 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 but he's not referring specifically to his all-powerful ability. That's not what he's talking about here. What? In 69, at the end of 69, he speaks about Yecholos. Yeah, but is, the question was... Just, it means that it's like with the, like, like used to fall asleep. And since you be on the gates, it's Zayin Neshama. Um, who says, so bottom line is now there he says at the end of 69 he speaks about Yecholus he says it's all in the Rishus Yecholus Baruch I explained to them what Yecholus is um, Yecholus is a, is, a is a byproduct of this definition something that doesn't exist like we exist something that's existing like this has the ability to do things like this but uh, that's all he used the word Yecheles, yeah, but it's not Yecheles is not the description that he's using here. He's describing, Boira is telling us all about this. Definitely, that's why Yecheles functions in that way. It's not like a source. Yecheles is not mukhrach, all these things that he said before. Yecheles means that it's his ability. He has the ability to do anything. Yeah, yeah, but kaych v'chol, that's the lesson in Tanya. Yeah, yeah, that's v'chol, kaych v'cholte, that's exactly the language in the Gaza Kedish. He's just repeating that language. Conceptually, the, the omnipotence is derived from the creation. Well, let's put it this way. The aspect that God does not need to do anything, he doesn't mention here. But it's uh, implicit that if something that has no source, that existence comes from within itself, that doesn't exist like we exist, it's implicit that he could do anything. But he's not focusing here on that he could do anything. This is not just that he could do anything. This is that um, focusing that he's a different type of reality like than us. Okay, there we continue. This well, Chayin, the word bore, bere, this tells us, uh, or teaches us much about Atmos. Well, he didn't finish yet. He's just going through. Remember, all this is coming. He's supposed to be explaining here, Adain, uh, Zenu, and so on. So he began by explaining that any name that Balarotzen. Basically, he's explaining here the level of Elakei Elam This is the level of Elakei Elam, source. That's what he's explaining here. So there we go. So the Hisavas that we see in existence that is self-contained and thinks it doesn't have a source, tells us all that we just described. And because God is that way, that's why the Esavas that comes from Him is also in such a way that He creates something something completely new. 
that has no source. Without any cause or source, that, that any other source that precedes this yesh, like he says in that above mentioned Agedes Akedish. So bottom line is, our yeshes, our, I mean there's two aspects to this. One is you could say yesh ma'ayin itself, the fact that we came from ayin. Completely new entity. And the fact that we don't have a cause. Meaning we're not, well it's actually one, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining two things in Agedes Which always, I have to look it up and I'm going to do a little more research. I always understood Agedes like this. What is he saying in Agedes so the simple explanation you can say is, he's saying this world is called Yeshmayim. It's not Ilva'ol. Ilva'ol would mean you have an original entity and it gets diminished and moves on. We spoke before about Shefa. You have a reservoir of water. Now you have a cup of water here. This cup of water, as distant as it is from the reservoir, it's Yeshmiyash. It's Ilva'ol. Cause and effect, cause and effect. It took a while. You have electricity going into your appliances coming from some source. You have Chachma in this world, it's coming from a source called Chachma Vatsilis, or all the way Chachma to whatever the highest levels. It, it, it may have changed in, uh, in intensity. We spoke about Mata in the Primus. It may change in the level of energy. Even personality may change. But it's traceable. Il of all. Yesh Ma'ayin, you're not going to be able to trace it. There's no way you can go. Exactly what the scientists come to, by the way. You come to a bowl of gas, and that's it. All you can say is that it's been here forever. You have no step from the first yesh to something before it. It's like a, a, you end up at a, at a dead end. If you're able to go, dead end. That's yesh ma'ayin. As a result of that, so the Alta Rebbe says, where is that coming from? So it has to be something that has also in the il it can create something that's yesh from ayin. If God had a siba, God forbid, then it could create something also yesh, but yesh. Everything is a yesh, yesh, yesh. On a deeper level, you can say that means that we are not an extension of God like the water is an extension of its source in a diminished form. Let's say concealed even. You could even say concealed. That we're godliness concealed. We're atzmus concealed. No. Atzmus and nos are not the same reality. And you could ask, why can't we say that? For many reasons. Because then, as I said last time, then you're basically a step away from Avedizara. Basically, then you're turning God into you, and then the, you, you lose the whole, the real element of being outside of ourselves. Now look, some people do create a God in their image. But we're talking here, so basically, we are not Yeshma Yesh, we're Yeshma Ayin in that sense. Like Chassidus says, Ayin doesn't mean nothing. Ayin means, from our point of view, it's completely mystery, that, that source. How can that come? That comes because the source itself is also not a yesh miyesh. Ain la'ilah v'sipah. He too has no cause. So he created something that basically cannot trace its cause. On a deeper level, that's just, that's just that. What I just said is an empirical description. Let me just say one more thing before I lose my concentration. The second thing is on a psychological level. We feel like we have no source. Forget about the scientific that you can't trace it. Everything else can be traced. You know, the water you can trace. Where does it come from? Here you can't trace it. Here's also our senses. I'm self-made. We don't even feel that we're going to die. 
your mind tells you, but you don't feel like, oh, I'm one day closer. Or I like, I'm, I'm like, I'm 20 years or 50 years from my beginning, and I'm 50 years from my end. You don't feel like that. It's not like, you know, like uh, something that say, you throw a stone, so the stone, you know, a few seconds, that it's in the air, began and ended. We don't have that type of sensation of beginning and end. When we exist, we think we're it. Yes, we know we have parents, but you don't feel, oh, you know, my parents uh, uh, do something, it, ma- it makes me move or doesn't make me move. I do whatever I want. And again, I'm not talking about the, the, need, the need to go to therapy because we're dependent on our parents and we need their approval and all that stuff. That's another story. I'm talking about our sensation. So this is more, more deeper than just... So this means, in our sensation, we're a yesh. We don't feel we have a source. A malach knows it has a source and a shaman knows it's coming from somewhere. Even a tzaddik, you could say, is, is constantly aware that I'm not here on my own. We are not that way. We feel we're on our own. No, but then you come to conclusions that it's not the healthy life that way. You know, you got to train, you got to sub, you got to sublimate that, you got to harness it, whatever it is. How does a hergish of something of that type of selfishness come? So you could argue before the Alter Rebbe that selfishness is all the problem, the root of all problems. Comes the Alter Rebbe and says no. That is rooted. I mean, that you want to talk about a chiddush. To me, that's unbelievable. The first part that I explained, that I don't know what it says anywhere, but but this one, he's saying that our yeshes, the fact that we feel selfish and, and self-interest, comes from atzmus, so-called self-containment. And, and the wisdom is that we should come to understand through our Aveda that the yesh is from the yesh amiti. Now, your yeshes. Yes, you feel that way, but it's really because you're a godly entity and he gave you something that nothing else in existence has. Not Atzillus, not Briya, nothing. Nothing has that sense of no beginning. You have an Atzmizdike sense of feeling. That's a piece of Atzmiz inside of you. It's like a gift. Pchira is compared to it sometimes. What's that? In Adam, um, what's the lesson there that um, Rambam brings? Ampchira. That who... Lashon uh, Adam. That the Bora and Adam with the something like that. Adam That Adam should be Kachnimenu. So the Rambam that Alter ever brings in the Kuzatera, the Achad is the Pchira. It comes from this, uh, by the way, element, because we have an Atzmizdik element, so we have true free choice. There's no source for our choice. Because if you think scientifically, what, what do you mean? If I traced all the chemical forces and all the biological forces somewhere, I could figure out what every move you make. There was a uh, philosopher, French philosopher, in the end of the 19th century. He made such an uproar in the church. His name was La, um, uh, Laplace, uh, Laplace, I think. He said, it's just a matter of time. Give me the, every detail on a person or data on anything, and I'll tell you everything they'll do the rest of their lives. The only reason is we can't predict is because I don't know everything about you. Put everything into a computer. Why should we be different, for example, than nature? You can, you, can, you can predict every solar and lunar eclipse till the end of time. Including variations and so on. But he said the only thing is we're lacking the data. And of course it made a big uproar. How could you say that? It means everything is predestined. Now once the uncertainty principle came around and the indeterminism of quantum mechanics, that basically it freed us from that. That means even on a scientific level, you can't predict. 
But we, our answer is not based on indeterminism. Our answer is based on Atmos, because Atmos is indeterministic and has no cause. He gave a piece of us. That's the ultimate explanation of here that you referred to. The ultimate explanation. There are there explanations on lower levels, just like there's the reasons of existence. Remember, Dirabitachtainim is the ultimate reason. But then there's the reasons on each level in explaining God's knowing and, and our free will. But the ultimate is because it's coming from Enle Ilva So he gave us a part of that. Now he's going to say a second Chiddush. We have another thing in the Yesh that also shows us something about Atmos. The Mitzvah is built in Mitzvah's Nimtza of the Yesh. Here's, here you're going to find this is going to be fascinating. What I said before, remember I said no tree has to exist? So the Vart is like this. The fact that our existence is so negligible that we don't have to exist means even while we exist, we really don't exist because we're going to end up... That's a reflection of Mitzvah's built in Mitzvah's Nimtza of Atmos also. Mm-hmm. Even that, which is such a Shvachkeit, that we don't have to exist is telling us, revealing us that God doesn't have to exist the way we, we, what we call existence. That's what he's going to say now, the second thing. This he, this he said earlier, remember I mentioned to you, he said it's where he said it? The end of 60... No, one second. He said it briefly before. End of chapter 49. He's going to say, he said, he's going to say what he said, right? He's saying now. Okay. So here's the second thing that Boida tells us. So all this is coming from the word Boida. And this is all the Kavon and Elikei Elam. So if you think Baruch Shama was complicated, you get yourself <laughs> new meditation. <laughs> so he says like this. Okay. He says like this. I probably have to stop. And also this, which the yesh, is truly not a mitzvah at all. Because the mitzvah of yesh, the existence of yesh, is a completely new entity. And every new thing, all it is, is really the power that brings it into being. The power that's mechadashit. That gives it being. And without it, there's no, nothing, there would not be this chiddush, this innovation. Like it says elsewhere at length. That means that the Mitzvah Sheyesh is similar to a God, essence of God that exists, that doesn't exist like an existential existence. Let me explain what this line means. I'm going I'm to stop three lines from here because this is, deserves its own, this is heavy stuff. Basically, it's on 20 years. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, other places explains this at length. Essentially, this goes back to a few things. He says um, two things, two main things to explain this. One thing is ischatshus. What means ischatshus? So this goes back to our discussion before. 
who put the first ball of gas there? You know, there's something about existence that testifies that was that was not always here. That something put it here. One I mentioned was the design. Like there's no way that a book was written by itself. There's no way such beauty could be created by itself. All the explanations. At the end of the day, it does us. Because ain dover I'm going to get to that in a second. One second. That's one second. So therefore, there's a certain hischatshus by nature that existence is testifies almost I don't must exist. Even though in our hergish I said before we feel we must exist, but that's already an emotional thing. That's not because logically, the mind will tell you you don't must exist because if I wasn't born, the world wouldn't be very different. And right now, the baby's being born and you don't know if it makes a difference or not. So, like I said, there's nothing in reality that states it must exist. It doesn't have that type of um, truth to it. And the second thing you just said, which brought us that the fact that it dies tells you that even while it's there, it's dying. It tells you even while it's there, it's negligible. Again, I'm not talking about the neshama, I'm not talking about God's purpose. We're talking about purely physical reality. The definition of physical reality. So Chassidus brings what, uh, what's called Mayim Chaim, you know, when you need the Tumas Mess, certain impurities, you need live water. Live water means a live spring that's connected to its source, it's flowing, like the Arizal's mikveh, for example. A mikveh that we use often, a regular mikveh, is dead water, meaning it's disconnected from its source, it's rainwater, it's been stored, it has its power, but it cannot be metire every purity, There's every impurity. What's Mayim Chaim? So the Mishnah says in Parah, it talks about these laws. It says that the uh, Narasamachazvin, which means a river or a spring, that what's called Narasamachazvin, means it's not real. What means a non real river? Meaning it's right now, it's connected. Right. Like the Sheker Chazov Emes, whatever Chazov. Yeah, it's a. I use not real because it's not complete Sheker, whatever. It's, a, it's, it's like deceptive, you can call it even. So it says, how do you know what's not So it says, any spring that dries up within seven years is called, so even right now, that means you can't, basically, if you discover a new spring, you have to wait seven years and see it being flowing. After the seventh year is over, you can celebrate and say, yeah, you got yourself a, a Mayim Chaim. Basically, dries, that's the halach. Yeah, correct. Because seven, that, that's the that the Rebbe brings, because seven is considered a cycle, etc. Because, and listen, you have to give it a, there's a term. Obviously, if it dries up after eight, it also the, the logic also shows you it wasn't really alive. But halacha says seven. The Torah's kaveh seven means that chazaka is going to go on because seven is a full cycle, etc., etc. But that's a technicality that doesn't change. The Torah could have said seventy years. It just you have to be practical. You wait seventy years, we're not going to have any maim chaim. So Torah, God put into the system. Remember, God decides whether it's going to stay alive or not. So basically, something that is kaveh seven years means that it says, and it's it's, it's not only we say also elam for yovel. There are things that call forever if they pass a certain period in time. That's that's already halacha categorization. That's not relevant to the logic of it. The logic of it is basically. That's part of the structure. In other words, if you talk to a minute later it drives up, you say. You don't hear what I'm saying. No, I'm not sure. No, because you're thinking while I was answering you. That's why. Because you're not listening to my answer. Teir is kaveh that seven means that God will keep it forever. The fact that it dries up, it's an aberration. It Let's put it this way. Right. The point. Right. The point is that Chassidus brings from this the Moshul that something that's going to die at the end means even in the beginning it's dead, essentially. Tinik, Exactly. The 
So bottom line is, I'm, I'm adding a new thing. So besides the fact that existence testifies, like if you go to the first ball of gas, even if you could demonstrate that existence will go on forever, they say the sun is going to die at the end. But let's say for argument, we learned this also, that God put into it that it's forever. The, the begin, but yeshlet chila for sure. That's the point. Now, that fact also has yeshsov, that even even stronger demonstration that it also, that its beginning is weak. It's, it's basically two elements what I'm describing is in the chidush of existence. So, so it's being that there's a schatzus in it, so he says, the you can't call a real metzius. Because if it's real, why isn't it there always? Why will it last forever? So he says, that means that its real power is the Kayach HaMechadosh. So what is the yesh, when you think about the yesh now, this pathetic, pitiful yesh, is a metzius, built in metzius nimtz. It exists, but it has nothing in it. I'm not going to use the example that some chassidim used, the certain organ in the body when they would call somebody. But it's the same thing. It exists, but it has nothing. No substance. It's like an arrogant guy that's making blowing and blah, 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 blah. And this, and when you're like this, you see there's nothing behind it. Like in the Wizard of Oz. Remember the wizard? No bones. Huh? No right. But again, it shows the quality of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, what, so, so what kind of strange Metzius is this? A Metzius that, that has nothing and it thinks it's a whole thing? So he says that's Mitzis. That's an example, a taste of Mitzis built in Mitzis names. Instead, say even Ashvachkeit Chassidus turns into. So next time you think about how lowly you are, you say, "Hey, this is like you know, I mean, lowly." But that's really what it comes down to. It's a very fascinating uh, <laughs> insight. Is that why the brachas here? The brachas here are amazing. Can't be brought up for I'm not sure what you mean. Why are you saying that? It's not that we die, but really we're not. Okay, maybe. I never thought of it that way. That's possible. So you get it. Okay. So so we have within us, the yesh feeling, basically, see this to me is the, 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 the epitome of chassidus as opposed to musa. Because not only is it saying godless hakeel, not nifshiflos adam, but it's saying even the negative things about us is rooted in atzmus itself. See, if Baal Musa would say, the yesh, or that you, you think you're somebody, you know, that type of, uh, you're nobody. It would be about destroying us, and saying you're nobody, who you think you are, etc., etc. And Chassidus says, you know something? These elements come from Atmos itself. That's why it's so paradoxical. Nobody. So it takes, so even you're, 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 you're the, the most, the weakest part of our existence, meaning that the, the, the root of all our problems is rooted also in Atmos. You could also blame Atmos for all this, which you I know love to do. I, I got no, no, and you got an agenda. I know the Neira Lila Bnei Adam is, is your thing. Once you heard that, you're off the hook, right? <laughs> and that's why you love Chizus so much. <laughs> but you know the way, the way you say it like this: if before you get to Neira Lila, you have to be very responsible, and then you could you're off the hook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kadman, what? You basically describe the two qualities. I would say Kadman is, is a direct. He said Kadman comes from Mitzvah We feel we're a Kadman that way. That's the emotional Kadman we feel. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's a, that, that. That to me is like Mitzvah Simat Yeah. Okay, let me just go through. So one second. Let's just this. You hear what's going on here? 
in the parentheses. This is from the wonders, from the word Tamiya, yeah? The wonders, huh? Tamim as in Tom? Tamimus. It's an expression. We play Tamim. Shlemus of Deus. Yeah. From the wonders of the, 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 the I guess, the, the, the all, the all, the omnipotent, omnipotent, divine, call Yochli's Baruch, to create something that's similar to Asmus. This he had to add, because, you know, of course, that's the obvious question. <laughs> I would not say that. No. no, no. I think animals are aware of their mortality, but much more than we are. I mean, I never interviewed them. Huh? First of all, because 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 animals are just like stones and tables. They just happen to have a life force, but their life force they're, because they never they never uh, first of all never waver. If they were so selfish like us, they would be creating plenty of problems. So they're definitely not selfish. They're completely dedicated to their thing. So to me, it seems like they know their instructions all the time. It means they sense their source. I mean, we do whatever we want. We, we, we think we're self-made. So I, I mean, that's I see I see it from the results. Not that I ever spoke to an animal about it, but but I see from the results that they don't mess anything up. They they do what they're told. So how do they know that? Why don't we do what we're told? Because we feel we're separate emotionally, intellectually. We understand that Mitzvah is weak. I think both of them. I think they don't have the mitzvahs built in Simpson and they don't have the mitzvahs in Matzmuse. That's what I'm, I'm convinced of that. I see from their behavior. They did. They, they would not be. Look at us. Because look, we can't do anything right. They do everything right. Look, if you have an counter argument, let's say it. But uh, we, we, we I, you know. Like we can, they will always, there's no such thing as a mother, I'm knowing that they're different type of creatures, but a mother that's natural to protect its young, for generations, you will not find one shift, they'll do exactly the same thing to protect their young. We parents can screw up our children. What does that mean? That means we're not following uh, 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 even our natural self. That means that uh, we have some type of disconnect. I know you can call it free will, fine, but it's coming from some type of sense that we can just do what we want. Can you imagine a penguin deciding to go out for the night and forgetting to come home to the children? It doesn't happen. You know, I'm just saying, it's not even possible. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but it just tells us how messed up we are. <laughs> or how powerful we are, if you wish. Yeah. To me, the animals are like malachim. They're following the rules. There's a, the, the program tells you this is what you do, this is what you do. So they're definitely aware of, of rules. Whether they're conscious of it, not conscious, doesn't matter. They see their behavior. They're like the clock. It's like the sun and the moon. Except they have more life force and they have a certain intelligence, etc. Whatever it may be. I knew you were going to ask me something. But first of all, if anything, it's a Yetzim and a Klal. And trust me, train a lion to protect yourself. You're gonna keep keep your eyes open, okay? You train a head, it's gonna go back to its natural thing at one point or another. Obviously, you can train, and listen, God created animals, and animals do are subordinate to humans, so we can use them. You know, horses are very very loyal, but 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 that that but that's training also as part of their programming is to listen, you know. Planet of the Apes, 
is the apes rising up against man. You know, there's a series of... I'm, I'm going to say two, three more lines. It's a nice finishing now. So, creation itself, shows on Amitis Atzmusi is Baruch, on the true essence of the divine. That's Elam. That's Elam, the creator. In this name you can call him. And this shows on the truth of Atmos, on the true Atmos. Bottom line, he said, Moir you can't call him, but Elekei Elam you could call him. So Elekei Elam means Beira Elam, like Baruch Shammar Vahoye Elam or Vahoye Elam. So we'll stop here, middle of chapter 72. I think it's a good place to stop, a lot to absorb. Is that like Elam? I don't know. Not necessarily. One second. Let me just say, we did the beginning of discourse 19, page 134, 135.